Welcome to the MOD Report. This is the show where we talk all things HR and the crazy things we go through together as everyday employees. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Giffen, and today we are joined by Scott Waldron to discuss employee loyalty and brand alignment. Good afternoon, Scott. How's it going today? So good, man. Now that I heard that music, it's like it's even better. So I'm I'm ready. Awesome. Well, let me give a quick introduction so we know who we're talking to today. Uh, for the past 19 years, Scott has worked for clients such as J.P. Morgan Chase, the CDC, Georgia Tech, Royal Caribbean, Sesame Street Workshop, Holy Bully. The list goes on, including the Home Depot and the Coca-Cola Company. Uh, his focus is on helping people and businesses learn how to communicate more effectively. Scott believes you have to be healthy on the inside, the culture, in order to be truly healthy on the outside, sales and marketing. In addition to running his own agency, Scott has been teaching brand development at the Miami Ad School in Atlanta. He has also traveled to different cities around the United States to conduct communication training and speaks about how the idea of branding pertains to us as individuals, teams, families, and businesses. Wow, what an introduction. Holy moly, what a professional career you have led, Scott. Well, you did it justice. I mean, I'm never introducing myself ever again because that <laughs> that was amazing. I'm just going to record that and play it at everything I go to now. That was good. There you go. There you go. I'll do a little sound bite for you. And yeah, you can, appreciate uh, that. No. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us today. I want to start with our first question, um, which is employee loyalty and brand. What is that? What do those terms mean to you? Employee loyalty and then brand. What does that mean exactly? Okay. Can I, do you mind if I, I switch them? Do you mind if I sure. talk brand first? Like do it. They know, right? So, <laughs> so brand. So I, I come from the external brand development world, right? The, the marketing, the design, the brand execution, um, developing corporate identities for companies for for years and years and years, and learning how to communicate to customers and and clients more effectively. Our goal as companies is to make money, right? We don't make money, then we go out of business, right? So. Our goal is, is to make money. We have to sell a product. We have to build awareness for that product. And then not only get somebody to buy that product or service, but then to buy it again and again and again, or to refer somebody to us, right? To the, for them to buy it. And that's how we gain market share. That's how we gain favor. That's how we build loyalty with our customer base. And we always hear about that all the time, customer loyalty, customer loyalty. Now in the HR space in which you dwell, there's employee brand, right? Which is not a super new term, but it's being talked about a lot more now. And that is the space that I've really shifted to is, is what I call internal brand development, employer brand development, where yes, on the external side, we're trying to create customer loyalty. Um, make sure that we are building that reputation on the external side. Brand 
is simply your reputation. Brand is not your logo. It's not a color palette. It's not, it's, it's your reputation. So we have an internal brand and an external brand. And on the internal side, it's about creating employee brand loyalty, right? Which means I'm not going to go anywhere else, which means I love it here, which means you treat me well. I'm going to be loyal to you. Like I feel you're loyal to me. I'm committed. I'm engaged, right? We hear about employee engagements, another buzzword. I am here and I know sometimes you're going to make a mistake, but that's okay because I feel a sense of loyalty to you. And that's where, when we talk brand, it's about reputation. And when we talk about loyalty, we become loyal to things based on our interactions. And then the reputation comes as a result of that, the way we talk about the company when we're not around. Yeah, great. So I'm I'm curious as a follow-up to that, do you think in a COVID-19 world uh, currently right now, for those employees that might be working from home, uh, that may even be listening today that are working from home, they may not feel as loyal to the organization given that their friend has been recently laid off or that the organization is essentially um, increasing their workload and cutting their pay at the same time. And when this COVID thing ends and they go back to this normal uh, routine again, do you think these employees are still going to be loyal? It all depends on how the company and the leaders communicated that information. Okay. I will be willing to bet, and you can argue with me if you want to, because I think that makes the show more fun, but I will tell you, and I will, I will, I will be willing to bet that as an employee of a fantastic company, I feel heard. I feel valued. I feel understood. I feel like you are investing in me and my growth. I feel if I feel those things, psychological safety, and you say, Hey, Scott, we are in a tough situation. We're going to have to cut pay a little bit. And this is why, right? Or, Hey, Janice got laid off. We know you guys are super close. This is what happened. This is why I'm going to be like, I get it. You know, I, every, the whole world is shutting down. I get it. I understand what's going on now. We're talking about COVID. It's a large scale, but with anything, yeah. It's all in how we deliver that information and the work we've done before we get to that situation, right? We, and, and I'll bring this up too. We saw a lot of this transparency and companies all of a sudden falling on their face when the racial injustice stuff happened in the summertime and the black lives matter movement. And all of a sudden companies were like backpedaling really fast, or they were saying, Oh yeah, we've got those values. Oh yeah, we're inclusive. Oh yeah, we do this. Oh yeah, we and then they've got employees going, no, 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 you're not, not really. Like you say you are, but you're not really. That is too late. Right. And just like what you said, when I come to an employee and I'm talking about this situation, it's all the work I've done beforehand that's going to increase loyalty or decrease loyalty with that employee. Absolutely. And as much as I want to argue with you, I can't because I totally agree. And this oh, is man. what okay. I, I okay. know, I know. And this is what I talk about in my classes, right? 
Um, but you know, HR in general is a proactive department, not a reactive. If we want to be a reactive department, you can go to the attorneys in the office next door. But let, that, let, me, I, let me interrupt you really fast. Yeah. And I know I'm not supposed to interrupt the host, but that point is exactly one of my beefs. Don't yeah. you think that HR tends to have a brand problem in the sense that HR is looked at as reactionary? They they are the babysitters. They're the ones that when the people have problems, they're going out there going, okay, here comes you know, somebody from HR again to make sure we get another, like, what do you think that's about the it? problem? I, that's the problem. That's, okay. that, that's, okay. that's a philosophy. That's completely, um, something that I don't subscribe to obviously, but, right. um, you know, it, it's all about, well, yeah, this is turning into a different topic, which is totally fine. But I, I think, you know, from when we, when we look at the internal brand and, and even the internal marketing side of how we, of how the employee handbook looks and feels, right? An employee handbook could be a very boring 100-page Microsoft Word document, right? Like a master's thesis, completely boring. Or you can still make an employee handbook and market it and design it in a way that people actually feel like they want to read it. They get excited. They're proud for the company that they work for. It's got animations in it. I, I, this is just a, a quirky example, but it's it's one way that HR could do better as a profession to move away from the 1970s personnel department and become a strategy of people, of people operations, right? And there's several of those big companies out there who've adopted that mindset. My, my title uh, when I was doing HR full-time for Kimpton Hotels was people and culture, right? Um, and we've heard of all these other fun, fancy titles that actually describe what they do. They're not HR managers. They're not. They're not principals or babysitters. <laughs> um, you know, real quick, I we got a question in that um, that I want to throw up here. Why not? Uh, this is from Joey Torres, and he talks about the psychological safety. And you kind of mentioned this Maslow concept a little bit. What What does that mean? Are you referring to Maslow when we feel that we're um, we have the safety net at work or can you elaborate on that just a little bit more? Yeah, I will. And I, 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 I didn't steal that term from Google, but there, Google did a study, um, called Aristotle where they, and I forget my the stats on this thing, right? They, they went in to study what, what, what makes up an effective team and, they analyzed 130 or 150 teams within Google and did all of these different uh, analysis and polls and, and understanding qualitative, quantitative data. And they pulled back and the number one thing that people mentioned and what they discovered that created highly effective teams was psychological safety. And psychological safety means I feel safe, speaking up, challenging ideas, being who I am, right? Not, not trying to be somebody I'm not. Um, I feel safe when my employer, my, my leader, my boss, whoever is approaching me to discuss a sensitive topic. I feel safe in the sense that there's trust, right? And we're talking about loyalty. Well, when I talk about building external brand loyalty with customers and clients. I talk about 
as what I call brand heaven, my, the stair, the, the stairway to brand heaven or brand hell. And that's when you talk about that, it's first impressions, then it's consistency in those interactions that we have. And then we talk about credibility, authenticity, trust, and then loyalty. So People talk about you do business with people you trust. That's sure that gets us in the door, but loyalty is what keeps us going. So once psychological safety is all built on that, it's, I feel like there's a level of trust there. That's where the psychological safety comes in. And the way you deal with me is going to build loyalty over time. So I, I think that's a good question. I mean, do you agree? What do you think it is? No, hundred percent, hundred percent. I feel like I shouldn't even be this host anymore because we <laughs> Agree on so much stuff. I love it. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> well, that makes us really boring. You know, one or the I other. know. I know, right? Well, let, let's, uh, you, you did uh, talk about this a little bit, but let's yeah. uh, focus a little bit more on this question, which is how um, how is creating a strong internal brand linked to employee loyalty? How are those two correlated? Okay. So let's remember the definition of brand is, is reputation, right? Is how I talk about the company when I'm not around. How, how do, what do I talk? What do I say to my spouse? What do I say to my kids? What do I say to my neighbor across the street at the barbecue, right? About the company I work for. That's, that's the internal brand, the reputation of, of that. Um, Link to employee loyalty. I will say that the more loyal I feel to an organization, the better recruiter I'm going to be for that organization, the better spokesperson I'm going to be for that organization. And even if I'm not trying to get somebody to come work for that organization, if I work for, I don't know, Adidas, right? But I go home at night and I am just ripping on Adidas. You know, I am ripping on the way that they do things and how how my interactions at work and all these other things. Not only are people not going to want to come work there, but they're going to think twice about when they go to the store and they see a pair of Adidas shoes and they're going to be like, there's a little bit of a bad impression left there. Now, did it have anything to do with the product itself? Did I say anything bad about the way they build their soles of their shoes? No, but it's that reputation associated with that person in their mind that's going to affect that buying decision probably at some point. So I, the loyalty of that internal employee, staff member, whatever, is going to really, really have an effect on that, that company in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. And I talk about word of mouth advertising from an employee standpoint, like what does that employee as the holidays are coming up? Uh, well, actually we're in them, right? With Thanksgiving and everything, but you know, what do employees talk about at the dinner table with their friends, with their family? What, what it's, <laughs> I kind of joke around with it with my students even. It's like, I wonder what my students say about their professors when they go home on uh, spring break, holiday break or whatever. When we talk about this loyalty concept, and I'm kind of going back to something you said earlier, you know, it's it's really, it's it's really about who are you going to follow into battle. You know, I I've worked for some leaders that I would follow into battle and give my life for, versus some other leaders and bosses that I've worked for where I would do the opposite. I would never go to battle for them. I would always talk crap about them at the dinner table. I was not happy. I would, whether I was talking with my spouse about the person or my friends, after a point, they just got sick about hearing about this person. 
Do you think they're going to want to do business with that company? Do you think they're going to want to, you know, go and buy those Adidas shoes if they're that Adidas employee who's disgruntled? Probably not, because clearly they're not loyal, uh, let alone happy <laughs> well uh, in the end. Yep. But. yep, I totally agree. And I think that you as, as a professor are thinking about your own personal brand, right? Your personal brand has nothing yeah. to do with Dr. Ryan Giffen's logo. You know, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's about that reputation and where do I read about that reputation? There's like teacher review websites, right? Professor yeah. review websites and on there's glass door for employer reviews and there's Google reviews for businesses from the consumer side. Nobody writes a bad Google review because I don't like their logo. You know, like it's That's always so about, it's, it's, true, always, yeah. it's always about the, the experience I had. And that's the brand reputation of that company, just like it is with you as a professor or with that employer on Glassdoor. Yeah. And so those employees are experiencing essentially this, we talk about organizational or business culture, they're experiencing it. And when they leave those doors, if, you know, they leave the workplace at 5 PM, you know, what are they saying? How do they feel? What are they yep. doing? And what I have found even in, in the HR consulting world even is the executive team is sometimes completely clueless, no matter how many times you can tell them and show them even the data, the, the, the employee satisfaction surveys and, and the, the, the turnover numbers and the amount of complaints that come through the HR office about an individual some executives are still clueless about how loyal their employees are. They, they'll walk out there and they'll say, oh, well, they're, yeah, they're smiling. They're productive. They must be happy. You know, they're getting a paycheck. They're still here, aren't they? So they must be loyal. It's like, mm, I'm telling you, once this COVID thing is over, they're out the door and they're going to go work for the nice guy down the street. Yeah. Yeah. There's a stat out there. 60 to 70% of people leave voluntarily, right? That, that's a problem. You know, we are not creating loyal employees out there. So how we, do we do it? How do we do it? Well, here's how do the we do secret. It? How would Scott do it? We're about to blow up this podcast. Here's the, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know how we do it? How we create more, better effective teams, right? Number one, creating psychological safety, right? Right at the top. That's the thing, right? But we talk about measuring five different components. Communication. It starts with communication. How you communicate, understanding yourself, understanding other people, transmittal of information. Okay. Number two is built relationships. We measure relationships and, and spectrum around that because communication builds better relationships or hurts them. Relationships then leads to alignment. Alignment leads to execution and execution leads to capacity. So those five things, we've got communication, relationships, alignment, execution, capacity. A lot of leaders, they think they could just walk into a room and say, everybody in here, why can't we get on the same page, everybody? Everybody just get on the same page and we'll be fine. Get on the same page and then get it done. So they stick on the alignment execution parts of that equation. And that's all they focus on without first focusing on the relationships and the communication part. Cause they think that's just the fluffy stuff that you don't need to worry about. You don't need to worry about that stuff. Okay. Just get on the same page and get it done. What happens as a result of that is that you get compliance. You don't get loyalty and engagement. 
And those people aren't going to stick around because they're afraid that they're going to mess up. They don't know what they're supposed to do because you just said, get on the same page, get it done. I'm just going to be compliant, which means I'm just going to do the bare minimum for my job just to make sure you think I'm on the same page and getting something done. Okay. I'm not going to invest. I'm not going to push because I don't feel safe. And so I think it all starts with communication and the way we communicate as individuals that will either break down our businesses and our teams or catapult them into what we need to do next. Okay. So riddle me this, Scott, riddle me this. Yes, sir. I, I feel like we're twins. We, <laughs> yes, no? maybe. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. I need to lose um, my hair, though. Uh, no, I, I feel like we know this stuff. Like, as, as a society, as leaders, it's funny in my mind because it's like, it's so simple, yet we make it so complex. You say, communicate, right? Communicate. And for whatever reason, I sometimes feel like, leaders or executives, if you will, and managers, they know what they're supposed to do in order to build and retain loyal employees, but they don't do it. They don't do it. They don't do it. Why, why don't they do it? Why don't we do it? What's holding, you know what I mean? Like, what do you, cause you, you, you go and you work uh, for employers and you help with this kind of stuff and building that internal brand and these cultures and things. What, they, they're coming to you for a reason because finally, hopefully they see something is broken, but all along they knew there was an issue. So what is preventing leaders today essentially from, from maintaining these loyal employees and, and having a strong internal brand? What's holding them back? They know they're supposed to do it, but they're not doing mm -hmm. it. Why is that? This is where my expertise in the brand external brand space comes in, right? why don't I fix that brown spot in my yard? That that brown patch of grass in my, in my yard, I haven't fixed it for three years. Why don't I fix it? Because the pain isn't bad enough, right? Mm -hmm. I don't really care that much about it. So either one, I look apathetic, or number two, I'm prideful. I'm too prideful to admit that I have a, that I can just, I can just fix it myself. I can just do this myself. Don't worry about it. I got it. Okay. But, but my spouse is in the background going, you haven't fixed that in three years. And I'm like, just, I, I'm going to try something else. I'm just going to try something else. Right. And so what happens is that the people that do change, the people that get out of that have self-awareness, number one, they go, okay, we are awesome at some things, but you know what? We kind of suck at some other things. And these things are holding us back from being really productive. If we're not self-aware, if we're not analyzing and understanding where we are, who we are, we're never going to make progress into, into the, and it's just like that with people, right? If I come to you and I try to sell you lawn care and you don't care about that brown patch in your yard, you're not going to buy my lawn care services, yeah. but if I can talk to you about if I, the, the jealousy you might feel by keeping up with the Joneses, maybe you're embarrassed, you know, because of that patching or maybe you can't keep up with your neighbors. Maybe you're frustrated because you've tried to fix it. And I'm hitting on those pain points of, Hey, 
are you frustrated because of that brown spot? Have you tried to fix it over and over and over again? It's just gnawing at you. When we hit on those pain points, when we understand what's really happening and where we want to be and that gap and what it's going to take to get there, then change happens. And then we're reactive. <laughs> then we're reactive at first. Yeah, okay. at first. People, people buy, as, as, a, as a brand strategist, I've, I've talked about this a lot with people. People buy initially because of pain. Okay. Mm -hmm. We want to escape something bad or achieve something good. More than likely, it's we want to escape something bad first. So we, we buy because of initial pain most of the time. After that pain is remedied, we start to feel a little bit better. Then we buy vitamins. Okay. So we buy aspirin first, then we buy the vitamins to maintain our health and to make sure that it's sustainable over time. And it's just like that with our organizations too. We've got to fix the problem that we're initially feeling that's been built up over 10 years, 20 years, 50 years. We're going to fix it. And then we need to install programs that are going to help us maintain. Do you find that after you go in and you do, uh, you work your magic uh, with your clients um, and, and you're working with these employers, do you find that they're uh, is a lack of not follow-up, but retaining it. Like, I feel like when trainers come in or when brand strategists come in and, you know, consultants, just we'll call them consultants come in and do work with these companies. We're all, we're like, yeah, this is great. This is great. I love it. This is great. And then a week passes, two weeks, three weeks. And then we're right back where we started. The Brown patch has returned. And it's like, we just spent thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to do this. And we're right back where we started. Do you find that to be oh, true? all day, all day? And, so and here we are again. Why is that? Why? Yeah. Why is that when we know? Because we are humans, right? And because most of us have New Year's resolutions and then we don't achieve them. And then we're like, why didn't I achieve it? And then I beat myself up. And then I, so here's the psychological psychology in that, right? I, I set a new year's resolution. I set a goal. I set an initiative. We're going to change this organization. We're going to do this. I'm going to, and then maybe I don't know what I don't know. So I go for the first thing that I've seen or whatever. In my, and that's in my sites. I grab onto that thing and I do it. And I'm like, I'm going to crush this thing. And then it falls flat. Okay. March comes around and I haven't achieved my goal. Yeah. Next year, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to do this thing. March comes around. I fail. Next year, I'm going to crush. So this pattern happens. What happens to us as humans is remember, I said we want to avoid pain. We've learned now after three years of failing at my New Year's resolution that I've just let myself down. I've just disappointed myself over and over and over again. It's painful. So if I don't set the goal, if I don't in initialize something, then I won't have that pain. So I just don't do it in the first place. Now, the ones that say, we're going to bring in a one-day consultant, we're going to do this thing, we're going to do a power analysis of the team, you're going to get this cool report, go. And then it's like, oh, this is awesome. This report tells me all about myself and my team and how we should act. And that sets all these goals. There's these cool worksheets. I got even a book with it. And then it goes to my desk and I don't do anything with it. And our culture reverts back to what it was. And it's the same mentality, right? Of, 
of we need accountability in our lives. And some of us are good at accountability and other of us, most of us are not, right? When we go into a workout program, I'm the kind of guy that I love accountability. I love being having to answer to somebody about my progress. I, it reflects on me as a person and I know that it makes me better and it pushes me. So I strongly encourage coaching because you know coaches have coaches because they understand the value of what that is and what it does. So just that's what I would say. It's mostly the accountability thing that my clients value. And it's also sustainable programs that it's not a one day thing, only focused on the top echelon leaders. It's entire organizations that breed change and that help hold each other accountable, not just training five guys at the top and hoping everybody else follows suit. It's training the entire organization at scale with 21st century tools, digital right? 24 seven access video content. that's digestible and simple. Those types of things. Now I've, I know I've been on a rant here, so, um, yeah. that that's kind of where I'm coming from. No, good stuff. So let's, let's say I'm a business owner or a company executive that's listening in today and I'm a, uh, I'm a numbers guy, right? So how do you measure your internal brand of an organization? I, I employ loyalty. That's easy to figure out. I have, you know, HR people who can help me with that, but measuring, uh, employee loyalty and, and getting those. But what about this internal brand? How do you measure that? Um, and for those again, that, that may be listening that are owners or these executives, you know, they essentially want to know, okay, well, what, what's in it for me? I need to know my return on investment. If I'm going to really invest in building a strong internal brand at my organization, what does that look like from a measurement standpoint? Well, there are a lot of tools out there. The specific one that we use, like I said, measures communication, relationships, alignment, execution, capacity. And we measure those, get an overall, what we call invincibility score. We want to create invincible organizations. So we, we get it all together and we take an invincibility score and we see where the gaps are. We actually base our training on data, on real things, not a specific curriculum in a book or something else. We we actually look at the holes and what's needed, and then we tackle those problems. And then we take the assessment again in three months, and again in three months, and again in three months. And we look at the trends. We look at what's happening with communication, what's happening with relationships, and also what's happening as an, as an organization. We look at the sales team. We look at the operations team. We look at the marketing team. We look at the executive team. We look, we look at everybody and we can get down to the team level on what's happening inside our organization. So we can actually quantify that what we team communication, that loyal, not, not the loyalty, but I guess, I guess a little bit of that loyalty, like over time, right? Are people satisfied? Are people, are we making progress? And that's how we actually measure it. Now I take, I bring in some of my external brand development knowledge too. And I, I conduct some brand exercises within the organization around their mission, vision, values, and their purpose, their target market, the alignment that's happening within that. And I do external and internal quantitative and qualitative analysis that helps us understand where those gaps are too. You may be saying a lot of things, like we said earlier with the value systems, oh yeah, we're inclusive. And then when it really comes down to it, you're not. And maybe you think you are wholeheartedly, you really believe you are, 
but 45% of your organization doesn't. Why? And when you want to know why and fix that. So we kind of analyze that and that helps build loyalty over time. I love it. You're such a nerd with all of like your data words and quantitative such analysis. A nerd. Surveys. See, I, I, maybe we are twins separated at birth. <laughs> I, I know, know, man. That's cool. I've never really been called a nerd before. I really appreciate that, man. Well, hey, like, you're welcome. Gosh, I'm going to start saying surveys more often. Quantitative, qualitative surveys. You know, I love it. Well, hey, if someone's interested in learning more about what you do and all the stuff that you're talking about, yeah, where can people get in touch or just learn about a little bit as in terms of what you do from, from brand strategy to the, this culture stuff? Like, Where do they get to learn more about this Scott guy? So you go to my website, scottwaldron.com. That's S-K-O-T-W-A-L-D-R-O-N.com. There it is. It's in the ticker right I'm there. Not gonna, there. Look at that. That's so cool. Um, I am not Scandinavian. I changed it in sixth grade because I got tired of putting my last name on everything. I was always in this class, in class with Scott Woodruff and Scott Wilson. I was just like, this is it. Oh. I'm done with this. So I started just on S-K-O-T. So scottwaldron.com. You can find all my information. I've got a blog there. I've got a lot of interviews that I've done there with some interesting people. And my programs are all there too. You can find me on my YouTube channel. There's some information there and connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm really active on LinkedIn. That's actually where we met. So uh, I'm, I'm really engaged there. I provide a lot of educational information there. So I would love to connect with anybody out there and anybody that wants a free experience with personal development, education and engagement. Um, you can go to giant.tv slash 30 days and you can actually get free access to a lot of the concepts and principles I've been talking about. And it's free forever, no credit card, no nothing. It's just free for everybody forever. So you can take advantage of that. And there's even the ability to go in and measure your team uh, based on those five criteria I mentioned earlier as well. I love free. Free is good. Free is great. Free is great. Mm -hmm. Well, Scott, it's time to say goodbye. I appreciate our time together today. Uh, wonderful conversation. Great tips, advice. I'm always uh, impressed when I find like-minded folks that have a similar philosophy as mine. Um, yours is a lot better, though. No. Uh, oh, no. No I way. Just, I doubt that. You got your own show, man. This is awesome. Well, I love it. So thank you again. Um, and hopefully maybe we'll have you as a guest again in the future and we'll talk about something else. Ooh, that'd be awesome. I have lots of things to talk about. I'd love it. All right. So be sure to go visit Scott on his website, on his YouTube channel, or even follow him on LinkedIn where you can connect with him, uh, there, just like he said. Thanks for tuning in today. If you want to keep the conversation going, Come on over to my website, inospire.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or my YouTube channel. Post your questions or your comments, and I will personally respond back. I mean, why not? It's like a free HR consultant in the back of your pocket. The MOD Report is sponsored by Inospire. At Inospire, we inspire the American workforce through innovative business tactics to help everyday employees navigate and excel in the workplace. I'm Dr. Giffen, and we'll see you next time.